For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. How good, mate. Imagine trying to tackle that Norm Berryman in the centres. I reckon he would have been a good league player. You know, Rachel, because I'm a league man. I'm not a rugby man. You you think everyone would have been... You reckon Izzy would have been able to tackle me? Would he catch you? (laughs) I wouldn't be able to catch him. I wasn't that quick. I think that's what she meant. (laughs) Uh, We better just cut straight to the chase then. I gave the big wind-up, the big tease. Good enough to come and join us in Whangarei. And the rental, the shiny wee rental hasn't been dinged up yet. It's Rachel Burford. Rachel, thanks so much for coming down. Oh, no, my pleasure. And it's awesome to have you here in New Zealand and in Whangarei. Um, Obviously got it wearing a few different caps during the World Cup. Yeah, um, yeah, really pleased to be back in New Zealand. I've toured here a couple of times as a player, um, so now kind of on the other foot of it. Um, but yeah, loving it so far. Um, haven't got to see too much, but managed to escape yesterday and have a little look around. And I've been given, I've been told where the best fish and chip shop in the 100%. world, not just in New Zealand, oh, oh, is. Don't say that. And I know the fish, I lived in the UK for seven years, and I know the fish and chips over there, <laughs> they are garbage. So you want to have real fish and chips? Monganui. Monganui. Go there. You're going to start a civil war on the text machine if you try and claim it. Because <laughs> you know that everybody reckons they've got the best fish and chips oh, shop in the world. I know, I know, I know. But, but I, have, I have eaten a few fish and chips, mate, and pretty hard to beat. I believe you, Kempe. Um So a bit of commentating, and like your player representation role, are you doing much of that down here, or is it mostly just the broadcasting side of things? No, so broadcasting is probably most, like, takes over at the weekends, and then during the week with my international rugby players, Hat on, I've been trying to see as many teams, like the player reps within the teams, just checking in, you know, discussing about the World Cup, but also the, the broader context of the game. We've got a big competition next year, the WXV, so just getting players in sight around that, really. So, yeah, it's been good to have a couple of hats out here, working alongside World Rugby, doing some meetings with them as well. Um, but, yeah, so I'm really pleased to be here. How, how far forward has the woman, uh, woman's game come since your day, back, you know, you, you said you've toured down here 2013, 2017, you know, a fair while ago. How far forward has the game come since then? Oh, it's come on leaps and bounds. I think, you know, in terms of what Rugby World Cups, 2006, 2010, 2014, big, you know, there were big stages, but nowhere near the magnitude that it is at the moment. And, you know, it, the media coverage, the the players who are now professional, semi-professional, there's a lot of teams that are moving in that direction. Um, yes, yeah, totally transformed. Yeah. And what about, I guess, the professionalism? Because we've only just sort of seen that with our um, wahine down here. They've, they've turned into professionals. But what about the professionalism up in the UK? Because it seems like the UK have jumped forward um, a generation with the way that they're playing. Can you see everyone else catching them up? Are you, and are you actually seeing that in this tournament? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, people can catch up. I think the the key thing is is it's not just a professional contract; it's the infrastructure around it. So in the UK, our domestic league is so strong. Mm. You know, it's um, a semi-professional setup in that there's full-time staff, full-time facilities, um, and and that's the difference. That's what's also making this Red Rose team so successful is because they've got week in, week out 
you know, good training, um, daily training environments. The league is very competitive, and then that feeds into the international game. You can't do it just in isolation. Mm. And and when you're looking at sort of the competition down here, because you've you've obviously run the cutter across all the teams down here. We're in, we're in the best part of it now. We start the quarterfinals, we go into the semis, we go into the finals. Everyone down here is talking about the Black Ferns. Can they get through the final, especially after their Northern Tour last year? Have you seen a difference in the Black Ferns since that Northern Tour last year, since they went up to the UK, got whipped up by, the, by you guys, went to France, got whipped up by France, and then you've seen them here, they're playing tomorrow in Whangarei in their first quarterfinal. Have you seen a difference? Can they compete, do you think? I definitely think they compete. I think, you know, you've seen a transformation in the last, what, eight months. It feels like a real acceleration towards this World Cup and the investment that they put in. I think the performances have really shown that, you know, that they're, they're physical, they're organised, they, they've got the ability and they've got so many talented players. It's about bringing it together. And, you know, they've gone through a hell of a lot, really challenging, not played for, what was it, three years? They hadn't played Test Rugby, I think. Was it two years mm. due to covid come over to Northern Tour, take biggest losses that they've ever experienced. Then they go through a turmoil with the changes in management and now they're settled. And I think when you bring all of that put together, you know, that can really strengthen a group, the connection, um, as well as how talented they all are. And I think that's the, that's the thing. I remember talking to, um, I think it was you guys, about a year ago about, well, what's going to happen with New Zealand? It's not like you're starting from scratch. It's not like you haven't got really talented, intelligent you know, rugby players who know the game in and out is just kind of those extra bits around strength and conditioning, time together that you needed, and now you've got that. Yeah, they needed to close the professional golf, and I, I think the um, the point you make around the cultural side of it and becoming a team, they've not wasted any time and resource. They've got one of the smartest and most well-respected um, men, Alan Bunting, in there working mm. as a, pretty much a cultural leader, and you know, I think if you can read between the lines, he'll probably end up taking over the the reins of the team eventually. But at the moment, just working on those connections and making sure the team's in a good place mentally, spiritually, before they even step on the field. But I guess results are results, and the question that we keep getting is around set piece and can they stack up up front? Can they be physical enough to beat France and England? I mean, in the short of it, do you think they can? It's a challenging one, isn't it? I think we've seen them improve week on week. You know, they'll be tested in the set piece and then the next week you'd see elements of improvement. But it's challenging because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I've never been near the, the scrum, but you need experience, don't you? That you can have the best coach in the world and you can have a lot of time, but it's about playing, it's about getting reps in. Mileage. Exactly. And so that's just where they are slightly vulnerable. But having said that, you know, you've seen them stack up, you've seen them turn up, you've seen them, you know, that even that week between the two England tests, they transformed their line out, their scrum improved. So they've got the, the materials and the tools. It's just that experience element of, you know, test caps in that position under pressure against some of the big guns that, you know, you can't speed that up. No, it's it's a good point, and like uh, Pip Love's been there or thereabouts. You've got Georgia Ponsonby's played 10 tests, Amy Rule 9. The full pack in general, uh, you've got no one that's played more than Pip Love with 22 tests. So um, then you've obviously go back to Kendra Coxedge and Ruahe DeMont, the most experienced players in the back line. So it is by, and, and you made the point, they didn't play test rugby for so long, so a lot of players have missed out on that high-level experience on the flip side what do we know about the French because they've been touted they look like they're the real deal we could end up facing them they play Italy at 4 30 p.m just across the road 
Our experience today and what sort of squad do they have? Uh, do they play like the men's side, for example? Or they'll run it from the end of the earth if they have to? Uh, well, expect the unexpected from France. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> they are very much like the men's. Um, yeah, I think France are one of the most physical teams that are here at the World Cup, but organised. Um, their biggest weapon is around their set piece as well. But they are quite a young squad mm. and, and don't have as many caps as what everybody may think. Um, and I think they've got vulnerabilities within their, within their side. And I think even though you know, they stacked up well against England, they played well against Fiji, these are the games where losing Law San Sous will be really critical. Um, they're number nine who, mm. you know, she's the talisman for them. Everything that kind of comes alive is them and she can be a match winner. And, you know, that comes into knockout rugby where you need somebody like that in your team. And, and to lose her is, is massive for them. So talk about your your team, the Roses. You know, you've got, like I've watched them, they've got a decent kicking game, you know, which you don't see in women's rugby. Um, they're physical. They look really well drilled. Mids has done a really good job with them as far as the coaching goes. But tell us a little bit oh, he's about... A le- he's a leaguey, actually. He's a, of course he's a leaguey. That's why they're playing so well. Um, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your side. Like, you know, they are the favourites. Everyone in New Zealand with a brain knows that they're the favourites. But why are they so good? Yeah, I like, you know, I don't think they're shying away from the fact that they are the favourites. But I think it's just the individual brilliance that they all have. They've all got... A super strength that they can bring that can contribute to to the side and but but I think what the difference is and this becomes part of that professionalism is their level of detail on mm. everything it really matters you know there's not a moment that goes unmissed when they're doing a walkthrough everything's spot on and if it's not they go back and do it again so they're so detailed in what they do that that's what makes them so good around the park they're understanding their game understanding you know, and then you look at, you know, they've got multiple kicking frecks. Not, they're not just relying on one player in their no. team, which some, some of the other teams at the moment do. Their physicality, the mobile ability of that pack, you know, Sarah Byrne, who yeah. can And they handled that really well, eh? They, they, got up, they got put under a bit of pressure by the French, and, and that was, you know, you, you see there's in, in our game, the Kangaroos, the, the Australian side in rugby league, are the side that always go out and win football games, you know, but when they get put under pressure which is very rarely, you, you see the real side come out of them. You've seen a little bit of that a, a, around the, their game against France. Do you think there is enough p- pressure in this quarterfinals to maybe challenge them before they get there? I hope so. I really think that you know Australia have got some, they've got some really strong um, defenders. Now, if you can hit England back over the game line and put them backwards, that, that England are great, right, when they've got a great set piece going forward ball carriers over the game line they've got all the momentum they want quick routes if you can stifle the quick ball then that's where they struggled and that's what we saw against mm. France you know they struggled to attack on the back foot being double tackled slowed down the breakdown so and I think Australia have that in them to do that I don't think it will be enough to win the game mm. but I definitely think that they could put England under pressure and and spook them a little bit at times so in that chasing pack Australia um, obviously France and Italy uh, or Italy probably less, um, also Wales, Canada, they've had their moments throughout the years, been really good team, put out great squads. In that chasing pack, where is the progression coming from in world rugby in, in that kind of next tier, those quarterfinal and pool sort of sides? Is there a growth country or a couple that are starting to put their hands up? 
Well, I definitely think, you know, Italy, even though the, they've been there or thereabouts, they've had some really incredible results over the last two years within the Six Nations. And um, the way that they've been playing here to get to a quarterfinals, the first ever for men or women. Um, so they're definitely a rising. They're definitely a rising star of a group of team. They recently had 25 contracts um, provided to them earlier on this year, so their yeah, momentum good. is really moving. Um, so I'd probably say Italy's out, out of the teams that are here at the moment. But Fiji was phenomenal at this World Cup. I know they're not into the mm. quarterfinals, but the way they played, and and they don't have a lot of investment at the moment. So just think of where, if, if they could have more investment, more tests, more time together, where they could be in 2025. I mean, they put three tries against England. To give some content to that, only two tries were scored through the whole Six Nations tournament against England, and they come and in 40 and minutes... And three. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. Look, you're... Stats. You're in, New, you're in New Zealand. I hear a little bit of a rumour, Rachel, that you're actually um, wanting to stay here. <laughs> and you're looking for that, that right person. I'll tell you what, boys, if you're going past, just give us a toot. You know, <laughs> drop in. SENZ here, sitting outside the chemist warehouse. Rachel Burford, she wants to stay in New Zealand. Come on, fellas. What do you reckon, Rachel? <laughs> Great place, eh, New Zealand? You yeah, love it? it is lovely. I'm not sure about staying here permanently, but definitely coming back for a visit. <laughs> Very good, Kempi. Hey, uh, there's a text here from um, Cam, who, which it said, it's Cam, isn't it? Yes, it is Cam. Hey, let's, how good would an IPL-style competition for women's rugby be? Would give our Kiwi girls more exposure in the Northern Hemisphere players and give fans of rugby and women's rugby more reasons to watch the games and build up to these events. What are your thoughts? I'm curious, you mentioned something earlier. You were mm. here getting um, responses and just finding out where people are before. Was it WXV? XV, yeah. So what, what is that and what can we expect in this kind of, kind of where Cam's going? So... Um, 2023 is when the launch of the WXV, which is the global window. So regional windows, Pack 4, Six Nations, you qualify from that into the WXV where there's going to be three levels of six teams, which allows crossover competition on a yearly basis. So therefore, you're getting more tests, yeah. more um, investment throughout the year to lead into it. So, you know, that's going to be massive for the, for the women's the game. When is the window, Rachel? What, what part It'll of be, the year? Um, at the end of the year, so between like kind of November, October time, October, November time. How, how good, you know, like you guys are just way too smart. You've, you've, had, you've had a man's game being playing rugby for so many years and you guys have come up with this concept overnight. <laughs> you should come, come to our sport, come to rugby league. We're looking for more international games. We only get to play one game a year normally, international, um, in a professional competition down here called the NRL with that running for 26 weeks. And um, I can see women's... Rachel, and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, I can see women's rugby exploding, you know, because what you've got down here is the Black Ferns, but you've got a Pacific of, um, which is what we've seen in, in our sport, the Tongans, Samoans, the Fijians, the Cook Islanders, Papua New Guinea, um, who are all up in the Rugby League World Cup, and you are just spoken about Fiji, and of course a lot of the girls in our Black Ferns are Pacific Islanders. Is that where... This type, that type of competition that you're talking about, is that sort of enticing to know that the Pacific actually can break off from just being the Black Ferns and support uh, probably six teams in that competition quite easily? Yeah, I really hope so. You know, Samoa have historically been involved in World Cups and COVID didn't allow them to, to be able to try and qualify for here. Um, so 
the encouragement of those teams now having opportunities to qualify to be part of you know a, a year on year competition that's the important thing here it's not mm. just a couple of unions and and this is part of the reason why you know England is so strong is because there was nothing kind of in in place so they just went and organized tests and that's why they've got as many caps as they have within their team it's because year on year they're going out sorting themselves out as is France um you know every now and then we might play the black ferns but this gives a clear vision every year you're going to have like x it. amount of tests so you need to build a program around that so then that gives you know security you know certainty to all those teams being involved and and that will be the difference and if if whatever teams get into those three levels you know then you think about 2025 we're going to 16 teams that's going to really strengthen what that 2025 is going to look like yeah well, of course and and global calendars are always the headache right like how many how long yeah wow <laughs> You're, that's exactly where i was going and it's been the age-old issue you know they can't get this nation's league up and running because there's so many egos in the room they'll smack their head when they walk through um and they just can't figure it out and here Kempi's making the point like how good is that that just like that which is probably because there hasn't been enough of it yeah yeah and it's we've the had a blank it's the piece void, of paper the void we? the yeah. void is there to be filled but that's positive so one year away we can look forward to that I mean, it's just amazing to think this time next year we'll have both the men's and women's probably touring up in Europe at the same time. Hopefully that's enough time to make sure that we're all right with the schedules. Well, next year's the Men's World Cup. Don't oh. be doing no clashes. No, there's no... Well, there's no <laughs> or don't, hey, don't worry. There won't be. Because <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's the Men's yeah. World Cup. G- great point there. Um, yeah, this is the World Cup next year. So back-to-back World Cups, and then obviously it'll go back to the... Because we had the COVID delay, so they'll be back on the two-year cycle, won't they? Cause 25, yeah, 27. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll be back on the two-year cycle after that. Hey, Rachel, we're going to let you crack on with your day. There's a couple of fish and chip messages here. <laughs> fish and chips, Bobby's on Tauranga Wharf, off the boat, into the fryer. <laughs> um, also, so th- there's one for you. Um, uh, we had another one here somewhere. Some people have, are getting very parochial about their fish and chip shops. Be watching all the games for the Women's Rugby World Cup and the best fish and chips are in Wellington by far, says <laughs> Michael. Um, oh, not a chance. Yeah, I can't, I can't see that. I feel that, like there should be a, you should do a tour. <laughs> Check tell, out all the fish and chip shops. I'll tell you what, get on our, get on our, um, our page, ECNZ, and have a listen to the sausage story yesterday. You will oh. absolutely wet yourself. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Boy, set me up. Talking about sausages, big bangers. Was, oh no! <laughs> it was absolutely. I, I was the biggest, biggest get they've ever had. Seriously. <laughs> so if you want, if you want to have a laugh today, sit in your car, just tune into. Yeah, you know it was Rachel's idea, eh? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> no. I, 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 seriously, I'm so gullible. The trust, the trust has been completely corrupted. Yeah. 23 minutes past 8 o'clock. Um, we, you don't need tickets to go to the game on Sunday. You'll be there. You're going back to Auckland to Waitakere. We've got a couple of double passes if you want to swing by on your way to work in Whangarei this morning here at Chemist Warehouse. Come and pick them up. Thank you so much and awesome to oh, see, so you, cool. see you down here. Thanks so much for reaching out. Great of you to um, want to grow the game in any capacity, any medium you can. It's really cool. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and I've listened to you guys all the time. So, well, while I'm in New Zealand, obviously. <laughs> for logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.